Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, UFO sighting classifications. And I thought this would be kind of fun to go over because a lot of times we talk about UFOs, but we don't really... We don't want really to get a chance to put them in the correct category that they belong in. And I found this first article on alienuforesearch.com, and it says, UFO Sightings Report Classifications. It says, when investigating UFO and alien sightings in the past, it became apparent that there was a need for a structured system for everyone to use. There are currently two different systems that are widely used by ufologists, the Heineck system and the Valet system, named after the people that came up with them. And it goes on and says the Heineck system. The Heineck system is the less used system today, but probably the most known by non-ufologists. Dr. Joseph Allen Heineck was born in Chicago in 1910 and passed away in 1986. He was an astronomer, an astrophysicist, that worked with the U.S. Air Force researching UFOs, including, but not limited to, Project Blue Book. He was a brilliant and very well-respected scientist that at first didn't believe in UFOs, but after years of research with the Air Force, he soon changed his mind. And then it begins, it says, the first classification is NL, or nocturnal light, a simple visual sighting of an unidentified flying light seen at night. We see a lot of these, and it seems like uh, a lot of these are satellites sometimes, I think, mistaken, especially uh, recently with with uh, Elon Musk satellites that they put up there, SpaceX lights. People will just constantly report these strings of lights that they see moving in a straight line uh, across the night sky. The second one is ND, or nocturnal Description, a simple visual sighting of an, an unidentified or nocturnal disk of an unidentified flying extended or structured light source seen at night. So you're getting a little bit more, you're getting a little bit, a little bit more specific there, but still pretty general. And then it has a daylight, a daylight uh, description, a simple visual sighting of a UFO with distinct shape seen during the day. So basically we have simple UFOs with distinct shapes seen during the day or night. We see a lot of these on YouTube. It seems like they'll be kind of a circular shape, a cigar shape, a saucer shape. Sometimes they'll change shapes and you'll see these videos. Sometimes you're not sure if it's just an artifact of the camera or if it's something somebody's actually saw. In fact, I just saw one that was listed there having been seen in Omaha. And you can watch the video, and it does look like a cigar shape uh, racing across the sky. But you're not really sure if this could be a time lapse of a star, a car headlight. Uh, you just don't know. But it, it does fit the description of having a shape. And it goes on here. It says, what does 
close encounter of whatever kind mean? Well, it explains that close encounter of the first kind, or what they call CE1, is a is an observation of a UFO within 150 yards. Now, if you're getting within 150 yards of a UFO, believe me, that's pretty close. And sometimes we even have experiences of UFOs within, you know, 150 feet or 15 feet. And when you're that close to one, it does, it's not hard to get a good description of what the thing is, that is for sure. The second is close encounter of the second kind. And this is a UFO which leaves some form of physical evidence, example, broken glass or radiation, or the findings of the material of unknown makeup. And we see this a lot with UFOs that are spotted up, you know, landing up close where they've left an impression in the ground or possibly they've burnt the ground and left some kind of uh, radioactive measurement behind. And then we see here it says close encounters of the third kind, CE3. So it's a visual sighting of an occupant or entity associated with the UFO. An analysis by Heineck of 650 reports found only 1% to be CE3. Now that's interesting if you think about it. Heineck, you know, he did a lot of research. He did a lot of good research. So if out of 650 encounters that he talked about, that he investigated, if only six or seven of these things ended up being a close encounter of the third kind. That tells us that these things are really pretty uncommon as far as, you know, UFO sightings go. Still, though, we have to consider with all of the thousands of UFO encounters, UFO sightings that uh, are reported every year, even at 1%, that leaves a large number of encounters that involve people uh, observing UFOs and, well, let's just say it, aliens. Close encounters of the fourth kind. Now, this is an abduction of an individual by an alien being or race. And these would be, of course, extremely rare. Close encounters of the fifth kind is direct contact or communication with alien being or race, which I can see a little bit of an overlap here. It seems like if you get abducted by one of these things, it's almost, it's almost like... Uh, communications implicit in the abduction. I mean, they've taken you. Now, the second system here it talks about is the valet system. It says the valet system is more in-depth system of classifying UFO and paranormal experiences than the Heineck system and is used more today than the other. Dr. Valet was born in 1939 in France and is a well-known venture capitalist, computer scientist, ufologist, and astronomer. He worked on the staff of the French Space Committee where he saw objects in space that were self-propelled and not man-made. He also witnessed the destruction of tapes that were recording these objects by higher-ups, which is what really fueled his love for the search of UFOs. And if you do some research on Jacques Vallée, really super interesting guy, and I think he gets into the more... I think with Heineck, a lot of his research was approaching the UFO phenomena as, as UFOs as mechanical things, or it's at least on some level of being mechanical. And Valet gets more into uh, looking at these things from an uh, interdimensional, almost spiritual standpoint. And I think with Valet, he also takes a slightly more 
a pessimistic view of UFOs in general. Kind of, I have to say, I would fall into that category too. It says he worked on the staff of the French Space Committee where he saw objects in space that were self-propelled and not man-made. He also witnessed the destruction tapes that were recording these objects by higher-ups, which is what really fueled his love for the search of UFOs. There is a breakdown of his UFO paranormal classes. Here is this is a breakdown of his UFO and paranormal classification system that he invented to get a better grip on the research of UFOs visiting Earth. Starts off with AN rating, and that just classifies any anomalous behavior. So, if you look from Valet's point of view, he's not just he's broadening the definition of UFOs, and he's looking at it. I guess you could say more of an as a phenomena than an object. So, as far as he's concerned, I guess you could even report uh, a lot of different paranormal things, whether it was Bigfoot, ghost, skinwalkers, whatever. A1, AN1 anomalies says which have no lasting physical effects, amorphous lights, unexplained explosions. And yet we talked about these uh, type of things uh, down in the Brown Mountain Lights. We did a did a podcast some time ago on that where these lights are seen, these amorphous lights are seen over the uh, Brown Mountains down near the Smoky Mountains and have been seen and reported seen since uh, since the whites first arrived there, and the Native Americans had, had already noticed them. A and two anomalies, which do have lasting physical effects, poltergeist, materialized objects, areas of flattened grass, corn circles. I think that could be pretty much any kind of grain circle. Crop circle. Crop circles have been around for a long time. You know, people talk about crop circles being done by pranksters, but you can go back into literature from clear back in the 1600s and see that these things were around then, so I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of pranksters that are making crop circles, but I have to think that there's something going on with these things. They've been around, they've been around for a long time, and I wouldn't mind doing a, I'm going to try to do a podcast on those at some point, and see, we can examine the UFO connection. A and three anomalies with associated entities, ghost, Yetis, spirits, elves, and other mythical legendary entities. Now, see, this is where this is this is where a valet kind of gets kind of he he kind of expands the circle, I guess you could say. A lot of people in the UFO field think of aliens as these creatures from outer space, as like a Star Wars episode. Valet's looking at these things as more or less non-human entities. And uh, it's not just Valet looking at him that way. I mean, you, you have so much literature about our own government and uh, intelligence agencies, military, whatever, doing experiment. We just recently did a podcast on the Clockwork Elves where they're, you know, they've got people experimenting with drugs in altered states to try to communicate with these things. Personally, I don't think it's a good idea, but yeah, that's what's going on. A4, AN4 witness, it says, interaction with an AN3 entities near-death experiences, religious miracles, and visions, or out-of-body experiences. And the problem I have with with that sort of experience is there, you start to blend in the paranormal with what we might call mainline religion, or what I would call Christianity. And if you're a Christian, or if you follow Christianity, Christianity already accounts for the paranormal, and it does... Uh, make a delineation between the two. So I get a little concerned when I see people throwing, say, 
miracles, say somebody was healed of some terrible disease or something, and lumping that in with paranormal events such as, you know, elves, uh, ghosts, whatever. It looks to me like you're on opposite sides of the coin there, but that's how he's categorizing this. And then he's got AN5, anomalous reports of injuries and deaths, i.e. spontaneous human combustion, unexplained wounds, as well as permanent as well as permanent healing that results from a paranormal experience. And there again, I understand that he's trying to make this big circle where the physical and the uh, super, supernatural or supernormal cross. But I can tell you, I would be much more welcoming of a permanent healing than I would of a human combustion. Some of those human combustion cases are very strange, totally unexplainable. You know, for a long time, they seemed like they would always try to claim, well, that there was a fire, there would be some sort of human cause to that. But when you get into some of those, they really do fall under the category of unexplained. And sometimes the circumstances surrounding those poor people, it's just, it's awful. He goes on here, he says, AN5, anomalous reports, we got that one, and then MA rating, describing behavior of a UFO. It is analogous to the nocturnal light, daylight disc, and radar visual Heineck classifications. So you're getting into a little bit more of the physical, uh, the physical paradigm, the physical explanation of something. MA1, a UFO has been observed which travels in a discontinuous trajectory vertical drops, maneuvers, or loops. And I think what they're getting into there is something that doesn't confine to the normal Newtonian physics of our world. And you know, if it's not conf if, if an object is not uh, adhering to the laws of physics, as we know them at least, then there's a, good, there's a good chance that thing didn't come from here. Not this planet, not this galaxy, not this dimension. MA2, plus any physical effects caused by the UFO, MA3, plus any entities observed on board, i.e. the airship, cases of the late 19th century. Now, we've talked about those a little bit on the podcast, and I'd like to do some more shows on that. But those were just fascinating cases back in the 1800s, when people thought they were seeing these giant airships with people out wandering around the, uh, the ship. Oftentimes... Uh, the ship seemed to be distressed. They're trying to fix it or whatever. And people actually had conversations with these characters. And not to mention the one that happened down in uh, Texas where uh, they had the, supposedly the plane, the airship crashed and an alien was actually buried in the cemetery there, but they've not been able to find it. Uh, the History Channel did a really good documentary on that one. But there were there were a number of these airship cases. It says here, MA4 maneuvers accompanied by a sense of reality, transformation for the observer. Well, we've had cases like that we've studied where the person, there's this observer effect, is what it's called, between the person who encounters the UFO and the UFO itself. And here it says, maneuvers accompanied by a sense of reality transformation. Well, a person has a loss of time, say. Or maybe they feel like uh, they've got vertigo or whatever. They just lose the sense of reality around them. And, uh, you know, if you see one of these things, let's just say, 
and I'll get into my experience later, but let's just say you're driving along the highway and you spot one of these things and it's right in front of you, or it's right near you. That maybe four or five seconds or 10 seconds that you're in your vehicle driving 60, 70 mile an hour and you're looking at this thing, you do kind of lose sense of time a little bit because, and maybe that's just a normal thing because these things are so extraordinary that the mind, uh, you, there's a little bit of a shock value. And I think anytime that we are in a situation, if you've ever been in a car accident, God forbid, or if you've ever been, you know, in some kind of a traumatic event, your mind does kind of slow down time, I think, so that you can actually muster the physical skill that you need to uh, maneuver your way out of this panic-inducing situation. Now, here's another one here. It says, MA5, a maneuver that results in a permanent injury or death of the witness. That's kind of a scary thought, I mean, and I don't know if this would be more or less what the abductees... I really don't know of too many cases where I've... Unless it maybe it would be where a pilot was chasing a UFO, where a maneuver of the UFO resulted in the death of a witness. We do have a few cases where people actually were injured. And a lot of the time it's, it's this uh, stuff that looks like radiation burns. Now here's FB rating, and they call this the flyby rating. FB1, a simple sighting of a UFO traveling in a straight line across the sky. Well, here we go again. In the modern era, a lot of these are probably, if they're not air traffic, they're, they are satellites. However, I will suffice to say that a few years ago when we had those black triangle sightings all over the place, you could see those things go over and the, 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 it's almost like an afterburner would come on. You'd see that yellow glow for a while. It would race across the sky and then it would disappear. Not sure what was going on there, but a lot of people thought those were some type of new high-tech military aircraft. And it wouldn't surprise me because they didn't change shapes. They were just, they looked like some sort of Star Wars fighter. You could barely make out the triangular shape sometimes. Didn't notice a normal uh, airplane, aircraft lights on them. And in the back, and maybe it was an afterburner, I don't know, but you would see this yellow light, light up pretty bright on the same par as, say, a distant star. And you could watch that thing go across the sky, and then it would just blink out. And then maybe blink on again, but a lot of times it would just blink out. It was like it was, it was just like some sort of high-tech power plant. I can't explain it. But this is the sort of thing we're talking about there with this FB1 rating. Now, FB2, it says, is an FB1 accompanied by physical evidence. So I suppose if something like this, you know, left some sort of trace behind, I don't know. FB3, a flyby where entities are observed on board. And then it says this is rare. Seems like we had one of these over in Europe a few years ago where there was a picture of it online and people claimed they could see what looked like grays inside of the craft as it went by at a slow speed. FB5, a flyby which the witnesses would suffer permanent injuries or even death. Doesn't sound like much fun. CE rating, close encounter rating, similar to the Heineck close encounter ratings. And then it says CE1, UFO comes within 500 feet of the witness, but no after effects are suffered by the witness or the surrounding area. 
we do read about some of these where these things just come in or that maybe they just phase in and out. These make me think of some of the ones that almost, they appear physical, but a lot of times these are shapeshifters or else the size, it, 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 it almost like it increases in size and mass right before your eyes. And it does it so stealthily, sometimes the observer has a hard time even recognizing it at the time, not until after you go back over the report do you realize that, wow, this thing actually uh, maybe doubled or tripled in size right in front of me, and I didn't actually even realize what it was doing. It was just it was just so organic the way that it did it. Now it says here, a CE2, a C1 that leaves, land, leaves landing traces or injuries to the witness. And, you know, we've seen some of these, like the one we did about Larson Lake, I believe. Uh, there was a fellow up in in Canada that was prospecting that got a little too close to one of these that suffered some pretty serious burns. There's been a few of these. CE3 entities have been observed on the UFO. And CE4, the witness has been abducted. Now that's this brings me to mind of the Calvin Parker uh, case. And that was one of the first, maybe the first uh, podcast I did, Calvin Parker down there in uh, Louisiana, I believe it was. Him and his friend were um, down near the pier and were actually abducted by one of these things. CE4, which results in permanent psychological injury or death. Now, this is an abduction where a person is actually permanently injured to death. To my mind, we could almost put, we could almost include uh, in that in that category uh, people who are implanted, or maybe people who are probed, or people who are psychologically injured from the abduction, just from the terror of it. Nothing that I would want to have to go through. Anyway, there's plenty of information out there on Heineken Valley, both. Both these guys just giants in the UFO field. Valley is still alive, actually. And uh, I like I, I like both of these um, classification systems. Uh, Heineken is a little simpler. I think, you, I think it reflects the time in which he was actually uh, most active. And Valley, I think, uh, deserves so much credit for kind of turning this UFO phenomenon on its head and saying, well, let's not just look at this thing as as a mechanical event. Let's look at this thing possibly as a paranormal event. And when I think when you do that, when you, when you look at the UFO phenomena uh, from a variety of different angles and suddenly you're able to see that these things are way more complicated than what we may have known and we're able to see that maybe the... Uh, Maybe the range of goodness, if you want to call it that, on these UFOs could range from something that would be maybe quite quite friendly to something that could be quite dangerous. And I think that valet especially allows for the possibility these things could be dangerous and could be something that you're not going to want to get in that ship with that thing unless you have to. <laughs> anyway, uh, very good stuff. I like both the systems. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out. Thank <music> you.